Hey everybody, welcome to the You Are Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me, I'm Father John. I'm the Executive Director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. I'm here on this day after Mother's Day with my partner in mission, Mary Guilfoyle. Mary, belated happy Mother's Day. Thank you, Father John. And happy Grandmother's Day, although I think that's actually its own day now, isn't it? <laughs> Every day is Grandmother's Day, That's right? what I understand from all the pictures that you keep showing around to the team, <laughs> no. but uh, it's a great joy to see uh, the little boys growing, so praise God. Thanks, Father. So uh, challenging times we're living in right now, challenging last couple of days, uh, interesting weekend with uh, yeah. what's been going on, especially with regards to uh, the leak of the Supreme Court uh, draft with regards to Roe versus Wade. So given Indeed. all that, what's our topic? Yeah, so our topic today, Father John, is conducting ourselves with grace in the midst of trials. Oh, may it be so. And we need prayer. So how about we open up in prayer, Father? Yeah, indeed. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father, we come before you uh, in this month of May asking in a very special way for the intercession of Our Lady, uh, for ourselves, that we would continue to come to know you and to love you and to look more and more like your Son, and in a special way for our country in this time of confusion and anger and unrest. We ask especially that through her prayers, uh, we would strive to always conduct ourselves as men and women who follow your son and not imitate the world, which can so often be tempting to do. We just ask for your blessing on our conversation right now that it would be edifying, encouraging. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, yeah, so the again, this uh, draft got leaked last week. It's made all sorts of news, and it seems kind of foolish for us not to talk a little bit about it. I know we've been talking about it as a team and whatnot. We just want to offer some thoughts, but maybe it's worth just um, stating the obvious. This is a this is a real threat. It's a real threat, and I, I think we'd all say, I mean, it looks as though we're on the precipice of civil war. You You have long said that this would be the match that could potentially... Um, seriously divide our nation and our nation's already seriously divided. Yeah, it's it, the uh, the rhetoric, um, the the ugliness of what's being said is um, is really kind of frightening. I, I'm sure people have seen all sorts of things, but I, I came across a quote the other day in response to, I think it was in response to a, a, a priest who was just calling for prayer. Mm. And uh, the response said, stuff your rosaries and your weaponized prayer we will remain outraged after this weekend, so keep praying. We'll be burning the Eucharist, was the quote. This is, this is, this where is extraordinary we are. Um, inflammatory speech. You know, that, that quote, I think, caught um, certainly caught a lot of folks' attention, as did some pictures that we've seen. So we've seen some... Um, a particular church in an area where we were just ministering. Yeah. Um, the church was just uh, attacked, desecrated. And, and what you see spray painted on the church is horrifying enough. But then to hear a quote like this, it shakes us to the core and it tells us where we are. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I know, too, one of the organizations was talking about how, you know, th th we need to stand up against the Catholic Church, which has been oppressing women for 2,000 years. And I'm, I'm just always struck. I mean, to be sure, right? I mean... Um, uh, the the history of relations between men and women has been bad 
had since the fall, right? And unfortunately, the church is not blameless in that. Having said that, it's amazing to me how much that narrative has taken hold of people's ways of thinking. And, uh, you know, I think it's Rodney Stark, um, who's a sociologist who's not Catholic, who uh, in one of his books just talks about this, probably the single biggest sociological factor for the growth of the early church was the fact that women joined it in droves. And women joined the church, came into the church, because uh, the church was the only place, unlike the Roman Empire, where women were actually treated, treated as equals. And treated with dignity. Yeah, as, as created right. just like men in the right. image and likeness of God, for whom God became a man, poured out his blood, who were invited into um, you know, partaking of the divine nature and destined to be divinized. So it's, it's just amazing that that narrative has taken hold, but it has taken hold. So uh, this, this is a real opportunity for us to conduct ourselves as disciples with grace because um, the temptation can be for many of us, if not all of us. To respond uh, in kind. Yeah, to respond in kind. And, right. you know, even as we were uh, just praying a moment ago, I was thinking of the scene where, you know, Jesus is slapped as the passion begins, and he looks at the man who slapped him, and he says, if I said something wrong, tell me what I did. If I didn't say anything wrong, why did you slap me? And I remember a commentary on that one time, and the, the person who was writing the commentary said, it's as if God doesn't know the language that's being used on him. And so, so for us as disciples, like I can't speak the language that the world speaks uh, and that's a challenge, right? That's why we uh, that's why we we thought we would do this topic right now. So, right, and and so yes to all of that. And um, I think to me it would seem reasonable, uh, barring a Marian apparition, much like Our Lady of Guadalupe, which really happened and really converted Mexico oh, from a place ever. where like child and even adult sacrifice was rampant to miraculously ceasing that things are going to get harder. How are we as disciples of Jesus going to act in times like this? I mean, how many times have we said, you know, um, if we need our lady today, I mean, mm. we, we need our lady today more than anyone else. I yeah, mean, and it's it. fitting that we're having this conversation and this has all come to the fore in the month of May when the church turns in a particular way asking the intercession of our lady, who, our lady. oh, by the way, is the greatest human person that's ever lived. You know, so the, the church holds disciple. up a woman as the model that we are to imitate in the sense of discipleship. Right. And you know, you know, Father John, just like Mexico was deceived in that time, that deception is what we're experiencing now. When you were talking earlier, I was thinking about um, people don't know what they don't know. Mm. And this is an opportunity for the church to really shine in charity, to teach truth. Yeah. And this isn't a religious issue, to be clear. It, I mean, we've been talking about science a lot. This is an issue of science yeah. as well. The question, right. of course, is personhood. But we have an opportunity to step into the role that only the church can play in this. Yeah, that's right. Abortion is not a Catholic issue. It's a it's a question of, you know, like all moral um, teaching is a question of careful thinking. And so, um, you know, like the, the, the question is, well, what is that in there in that woman's womb, right? I mean, is that a human being or is it like um, something that belongs to some other species? And that's not a religious um, 
matter. That's an issue of embryology and science and medicine, right? Yeah, basic science 101 will yeah. tell you, right? So, yeah, so what I hear you saying is, so we, we need to speak the truth. We need to know what we're talking about, but we got to make sure that we speak the truth in love. In which is, it, it's, a, it's become, I think, for a lot of us, that's a great expression. Speak the truth in love. But a lot of us don't speak the truth in love. We just like bombard people with the truth and we hit them with no, it. No, you're exactly right. We react. I react. Yeah. You know, rather than respond, prayerfully respond. And here we find ourselves in a time of incredible trial. Um, it's incumbent upon all, all of us to really check our hearts and our tongue and not react. Yeah. Because we, um, this is a remarkable time for us to look like Christians. Yeah. And, 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 sound and, like and we want to be, uh, you know, beyond compassionate, right? Because so there are, unfortunately, to be sure, there are a number of people that, who clearly know what they're doing when they advocate for the destruction of a human being in the womb because it's obvious yes. what's going on. So some doctors, some nurses, they know what they're doing and perhaps, you know, at least it's reasonable to presume that some politicians and media personalities also know this, but there are so many people who for so many reasons have just been genuinely deceived, as you were saying, like they don't know this matter. You know, it's always struck me that like every single horrific, barbaric act of violence has been shown on TV with the exception of an abortion. Mm -hmm. We talk about it, mm -hmm. uh, but they've never they seen it. If anybody ever saw it, it, they'd be going like, oh my gosh, that's what we're talking about? Yeah. So we want to have compassion for those who are genuinely deceived. And we want to make sure that we're, we're men and women who don't condemn. Absolutely. You know, um, Father, I'm thinking about this. You know, we, we have, we, we've heard about the bread of life discourse. Was it a couple of weeks ago? Correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, it's been going on for this last week. And, um, you know, the, the, the reality that that's a hard saying. Mm. And many left our Lord. This is a hard saying, I think, even for those of us in the pews. This life issue, would you agree yeah, with that? I, so I don't think degree? it is. I, 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 because in terms of how people hear it. Could be, yeah, because they, perhaps it's a hard saying for those who, who in fact their minds have been more formed, formed by, by the, the culture. world and the culture yes. than in fact by the gospel, who, who genuinely are just ignorant over the fact that this is not a matter of the catechism or the scripture. Um, it's a matter of science and embryology and whatnot. I think the hard sayings, right, are um, anyone who would come after me must renounce himself, take up his cross and follow me or love your enemies or, you know, pray for those who persecute you. Those right. are the hard sayings. And in my mind, like those are the ones that are really challenging for us right now in the midst of the rhetoric that's uh, oftentimes coming our way in the church. So, yeah, um, I, I think, too, you know, what we want to do is maybe just ask the Lord, like, how are you asking me to be involved? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm thinking of my brother who passed away a number of years ago now. My brother um, was uh, one of the leaders of a, of a crisis pregnancy center. And, you know, they made a, a such a deliberate point of making clear in the, uh, the help and the care that they offered that this was not just about a child. Like the name of the organization was Mother and Unborn Baby Care. You know, that, that was very deliberate. You know, it's the mother that's right. As well as the little one, um, it's it's not just the life of the child. And I think oftentimes, um, 
pro-life people have been characterized that way as, you know, only caring about the woman or only about the child. And sometimes perhaps we have only cared about the child. So we got to make sure we really do care about the woman too. So ask the Lord, Lord, are you asking me to be involved in some way? I love that. And there's so much we can do. And there are a lot of organizations out there that are doing tremendous work, offering education and material assistance and whatnot. And some of us can at times think, well, that that's that's the call on your life, but that's not the call on my life. Like, mm. I don't have a heart for that. You have a heart for that. No, we all have to have a heart for that. So this isn't just about them. This is about all of us coming alongside women yeah. and no longer being, I don't think any of us are indifferent, but even like lukewarm. Like, I may be pro-life, but what am I doing? Outside yeah. of praying, I think God wants to mobilize us to be agents for life. Yeah, absolutely. Right, in, in a way perhaps that we haven't been before. Yeah, I, I think so too. And And, and certainly, you know, like, um, one of the major things that we're being asked to do right now is, is just to pray for the conversion of those who are championing abortion, right? right? And, right. and championing abortion rights, whether those are doctors or they're politicians or they're media personalities, even maybe even fam- family. Exactly right, right. right? And you know, you, you've said this often, they are rebels to win. Yeah, I quote even, that often, but I wish I had come up with it. It came you, from the Christian cosmic narrative. It's a great line. I though. knew that. <laughs> but, 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 but we were once... Like them, exactly right. And, and so, gosh, let let let's um, let's win. Absolutely, let's win our let's win our opponents. As you uh, as you noted earlier, you know, maybe to in this month of May, as we pray for those who are championing abortion, uh, to call upon the intercession of Our Lady of Guadalupe in a special way, just to intercede, um, since she was so. Uh, significant in bringing about the end of human sacrifice in, uh, in Mexico. Amen. And we Amen. talked about staying rooted in the scripture. You mentioned John 6 a moment ago and the, and the difficulty of um, some of Jesus's words. But, you know, there's a couple of passages that have come to mind for us as we've been thinking about this. And there are so many passages we could look at, but you often make a point of just saying we have got to stay grounded in the word of God, especially right now because... We're, we're hearing people say things, and if we're not careful, it will just, like, create this visceral, like, Re- response. Reaction. Yeah, reaction, not, right. not a response. Yeah. And so I've got to get grounded in Scripture. So, so something like Matthew 5 and the Beatitudes where Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Well, that sounds really pretty on a Hallmark card, but it doesn't sound or feel good when it's actually happening and it's happening right now. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Um, that would be a passage that might be worth um, mm. grounding ourselves in right now, huh? Yeah, absolutely, Father John. And uh, another passage comes to my mind, um, Hebrews uh, 12. Uh, where we read, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted in your struggle against sin. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Right, at least not yet. Not yet. Right. But you know what I was thinking too as we just started to enter into this podcast. I mean, there's there's two kinds of martyrdom and who knows what's mm. coming our way. Right. But we are going, we are, we're on the radar right now and how are we going to respond that's right right that's right we want to be authentic witnesses that's what martyrdom means right yeah first peter uh, chapter four comes to mind too you know where uh, peter just exhorts us beloved do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you Mm. to test you as though something strange were happening to you like that's what we do right now we're like oh my gosh what's happening well peter's like hey 
Don't be surprised at this. There is a conflict between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, right? right? And and the Lord went to the cross for everybody. I mean, he laid down his cross when we were his enemies. That means everybody. But the enemy is prowling right now uh, like a roaring lion, and he is revealing himself in an extraordinary way. So we shouldn't be surprised at this. That's so clear. Peter goes on to say, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So this should not be surprising to anybody. The, the church has, for all time, uh, existed in a time of conflict right. between good and evil and light and darkness. That's right. You know, Father John, yesterday, uh, Sunday, there was a reading from Revelation. Mm. And um, this, this line... Uh, popped out at me. It was Revelation seven fourteen. Then one of the elders said to me, "These are the ones who have survived the time of great distress." And the line that jumped out at me was the time of great distress, mm. because it would seem like the last couple years have been this very heavy time of distress. And yet, as we press into um, the headlines that are changing you know, morning by morning, and we're always entering into something even more distressful. It just caught my eye, and I thought, oh, Lord, who knows what you are inviting us to endure and pray into. Um, it, just, it, just, it, it was both a promise of what is yet to come and the reality where we are. Yeah, and, and like the Lord saw it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. And, and the, the churches, again, always exist in a time of distress. It's funny because the line that jumped out at me in that passage mm. was, these are the ones who have survived. Mm. <laughs> like they made it. They they held firm. They, 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 they didn't They didn't cave. You know, it's like, oh, Lord, just, I mean, I'm, I'm so mindful of so many times in my life where I've just caved. It's like, Lord, just help me to survive, to hang in there, to endure, to persevere, to be faithful, uh, even especially when uh, when times are tough. You know, that passage makes me think of, because it's it, uh, that, that's coming at the time of the Roman Empire. And of course, in the time of the Roman Empire, the expression is Caesar is Kyrios, which means yes. Caesar is Lord. And the Christian response is, no, actually Jesus, Jesus is, is Lord. Right. And to say that is an incredibly political um, statement, you know, that Caesar's not Lord. Jesus is the real Lord. He's the one who rules the world. And right now, you know, it's almost like um, radical autonomy is Lord or, you know, I am Lord or choice is Lord. And the Christian's response to all that is to say, no, Jesus is Lord And that too is a political thing to say in our time, isn't it? Indeed it is. And you know, Father John, just, you were just talking about, you know, those things that, that can be idols in Mm. our life. It strikes at the heart of our idols in this country that we're independent, that we're the master of our own ship, that, 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 um, um, everything is in our control, Mm. um, that, that we're so egocentric. Yeah. Right, and that strikes at the heart of us, particularly as Americans. Yeah, and you know, we, we've talked a couple of times about Tim Keller's uh, description of an idol, which I, I find so convicting. You know, an idol is anything more important to you than God. Anything that should you lose it, your life would hardly feel worth living. And for some people right now, ab- the- abortion and the right to choose and radical autonomy right. are downright idols, aren't they? Right. 
That's okay, really so how about a couple other things that we can do in this time so that we can conduct ourselves with grace? Oh, gosh, you know, Dorothy Day one time said something like um, how difficult life, her life was to navigate at times. And she had, she said, had it not been like for the Eucharist in one hand and confession in the other, mm. she's not sure where we should be, you know, where she would be. I've long loved that quote because how true it is. So I think she would tell us today, stay close to the Eucharist, especially asking uh, Jesus to root out of our hearts anything that may be akin to vengefulness mm. or unrighteous <laughs> anger or bitterness or vitriol or disrespect. <laughs> Well, well, maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit. Okay. I got a lot of that sometimes. But only Jesus yeah. can change our hearts. Yeah. And so to the degree that we stay close to the Eucharist, and not only stay close to the Eucharist, but really come to him in need, yeah. saying, Lord, I need to change my heart right now because yeah. here's, here's how I want to react. Yeah, I think it might be Keller again talking about idols, that two things have to happen. Some, it's, an idol has to be removed and then something has to replace Come it. In its and, place. and that's the visual for me when I uh, receive the precious blood is just like, you know, I, I kind of come before the Lord and I'm like, Lord, this is what my heart looks like right now. It's not real pretty. I need you to remove that within me, which is not pretty uh, and not like you. But then I need you to replace it with your blood, which cries out from the cross, Father, forgive them. Because that's not what oftentimes my, beautiful, my blood Father. wants to cry out, right? Right. That's right. Yeah. And then you mentioned coming to confession too. And um, maybe especially right now, just, you know, some of us stay really close to this sacrament and, uh, and bring anything that is not godly to the Lord. Um, maybe especially just, um, you know, hatred towards others who, who are blinded on this issue somehow. You mentioned Dorothy Day. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, maybe, maybe two last things. One is, uh, you know, we need to pray for our country for real. And we have really kind of fallen in love uh, increasingly so over the last number of months with Dorothy Day and just how the Lord took hold of her who, you know, had been an anarchist and a communist who had an abortion, who had affairs, yes. who was kind of like the poster child of the radical left. And the Lord won, won her. her. You know, she becomes this unbelievable story. woman who sees the dignity of everybody. And, and I often describe her as probably the most disturbing person I've ever encountered <laughs> just because... She's so stinking consistent with regards to human dignity. And, and I know on the issues that we would, we would go rounds on, she would just keep looking at me and say something like, but John, that's what Jesus taught us to do. And it just kind of exposes my own inconsistency perhaps at times. Long way of saying, maybe we can ask Dorothy Day, who's now servant of God, yes, um, to pray in a special way for our country and for those who are now especially public personalities, like she was. Like the, the beauty of the saints is they weren't born saints. They became saints by God's grace at work in their lives. And she was once, like so many people that we see right now, championing abortion. And suddenly the Lord got hold of her. So maybe we can call upon her, That's a great her intercession. And then, you know, maybe finally it's just as simple as this. Let's just put our trust in the Lord, uh, who's the one who holds our lives in his hands. I, I was struck, you mentioned Revelation in the reading from uh, chapter seven on Sunday, I, I was struck, I'm always struck by the passage in the gospel that we heard from John 10, where Jesus just says, um, he reminds us that no one can take his sheep out of his hand. 
And he goes on to say, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can take them out of the Father's hand. So no matter, no matter what the circumstances are that are going on around us, no matter what the trials, no matter, no matter what the distress, the reality is my life, your life, is in God's hands. And so we just want to ask him to give us courage and to root out any fear as we continue to ask him to help us to conduct ourselves like his son, that is to say, with grace, with charity, with truthfulness uh, in all of our interactions, especially in these days. And because that's true, because my life, your life is in his hands, do not be afraid. God is with you and you were born for this.